Hello and welcome to the 1 106 of a second photography podcast. Today in this podcast I'm going to be talking about taking infinite white portraits or high key portraits. Now why would you want to do this? Well it makes a very pleasing portrait just to shoot against white and have brilliant white. It's a very modern and clean look and it's very good for things like headshots. And it was really made famous by Steve Jobs. And it's been used loads and loads, not only in photography, but in films and television interviews and commercials and and things on YouTube. So it's a very popular look and it's sort of quite classical at the moment. I don't think it'll go out of fashion anytime soon. It'll look quite good black and white as well. But you're going to need flash to do it. In another episode, I'll talk about low-key photography. Now, there's a slight difference between high-key and low-key in terms of setup up front and setup after the shot. So with high-key, you do a lot of work before taking the picture, i.e. preparing things before taking the picture. But then editing is quite minimal. With low-key photography, or just shooting as a dark background, You do more editing afterwards, but it's actually quite simple to get it right in camera. And it is possible to get high key photography right in camera. And really that's what I'm gonna talk about today, getting it right in camera. So the first thing you're gonna need is a suitable background. So you're gonna need a white or at the very least a gray background. You could shoot against a wall, but you might have problems with with white balance. And if you were just shooting against a wall that was sort of an, maybe a mag magnolia or an off shade of white, then you could easily correct that by changing the white balance. Now you could use corrective gels on the flash that illuminates your subject, but I'm not gonna go there today. That's gonna be far too complicated. So I'm gonna talk exclusively about using white or gray background simply to avoid the problem of white balance later. So let's say we go for a white background. If we went for a gray background, we would just need a little bit more power, but we could get it to look white. So the first thing you're gonna need is you're gonna need a flash, or most likely you're gonna need two flashes or more than one. The reason being one flash won't give an even illumination of the background. Now something you could do is you could put your flash in a softbox and you could put your person in front of the softbox and you could do that for your high key. One of the other things with high key photography, particularly for portraits and headshots, is not all of the area needs to be white, simply because it's a very easy color to paint in in Photoshop. So if you only had half of it white, well, you can you can extend your picture by adding white in or you can color the rest in white with a white brush. It's very easy to do. I've done a podcast about backgrounds and I've talked about pop-ups, vinyl, paper. Let's just have paper. Let's have a simple bit of paper stuck on the wall with sellotape. That'll be nice and easy. So we would then need a flash to illuminate that. So we need a flash pointing at that white background. It, it, I would recommend having two flashes, one either side, so that you get an even illumination and you don't get any vignetting or dark corners. So you're gonna to need to put your flash on a light stand. Now I'm gonna talk about using strobes and I'm not gonna really talk about using studio flashes. Strobes are more accessible, more people like to have them. So with your strobes, you're gonna need something to trigger them. Again, I've briefly talked about this in other podcast episodes. You could use remote triggers or you could use slave function. Let's use triggers, it's simple. So we're gonna need at least three flashes, two for the background and one for the model. Maybe we're gonna have more, but let's keep it simple and have three. So we're gonna need three triggers to keep everything in sync. The advice I would give you for infinite white is to have your background two stops higher 
than your foreground. Let's put the model or whoever you're doing photography of in front of that background. Probably best to get them sat down if we're doing portraits and headshots, make them comfortable, etc. Now you need a light to illuminate them. You're gonna need a big soft box to give soft light. That's gonna work best. The background doesn't necessarily need a soft box. And if you're finding you're not getting good illumination, you can always move the lights backwards and forwards. Have them off at maybe 45 degrees from the background as well, if need to, to the side, so that they're not in the shot. Or you can have them directly behind the model so that they're blocked from being seen. So what would be a good f-stop for our portrait model? Let's make things easy and go for f5.6. So this is where metering comes in. So we need to set our flash so that it outputs enough light to get an even exposure at f5.6. And when using flash and multiple lights, it's best to set them individually. So put your flash in a softbox, put it on a stand, off to camera left or camera right, if preferable, if possible I should say, put it high and pointing down and then trigger it and see what you get. Now this is where a light meter comes in and I have done an episode about light meters. Put your light meter in front of the model and keep adjusting your flash and, and test firing it until it gives you an aperture reading of f5.6. As we're using flash, you can have quite a high shutter speed. We're not just shooting indoors and you can have a low ISO as well. So I would recommend ISO 100 or the base ISO for the cleanest output. And then anything really up to one two hundredth of a second. In terms of lenses, that really is up to you. It depends what type of look you're going for, but you're probably gonna go for 50 to 200, somewhere in between that. And so set your aperture to f5.6, keep firing that flash and testing with the flash meter until you get to f5.6. Uh, there are other ways to do it and you can do it in camera, but that's gonna be the quickest, most accurate way to do it. So now our background lights need to be two stops higher. So after f5.6, the next one is f8 and the next one is f11. So we need to set our background lights to be f11. It's not the output that has to be at f11, it's the light that bounces back towards the camera. We're not testing the light that hits the background, we're testing the light that comes off the background. That's called reflected light rather than instant light. So we need to fire our two lights at the same time. The best thing to do is to start at the same power level as the flash that we've just set. I'm gonna assume they're all on manual. It's gonna be easier if they're all on manual actually. So let's say in our first flash that illuminates the model through the softbox, we set it at half power. Well, that's a good place to start with the other lights. Set them both at half power. Now obviously the light output needs to be more, but don't forget you're using two lights. So fire those two flashes at the same time and hold your light meter just away from the background. You want the light meter sensor to be hitting the background. And again, keep doing it and increasing or decreasing each flash, but keeping them the same until you get to an aperture on the light meter of F11. The other way you can do it is you can have the model move to the side and you can keep taking pictures and increasing or decreasing the flash output of both flashes until you hit the clipping mark. And you'll see that because when you look at the picture and put your histogram on, it will flash a certain color. On my cameras, it's always flashed red and that says it's hit clipping. It's hit completely white. It does the same for black, but I think it's a different color, it's generally blue. With that in mind, you could do it the other way. You could set up your background, do the illumination until you get to clipping, work out what aperture value you've got, take two off, use that value to set the modeling light. So now we've got the model illuminated, we've got the background illuminated, and I'm gonna talk about why we should go two stops over. 
going two stops over for the background is safe. Because what can happen is when you do high key shots against white, you look on the camera and it's white. You look on your computer and it's white. And then you go and print it and it's not all white, always white. Sometimes it's cream or a little bit yellowy. And the reason is you just can't tell by looking at it. But it might be sort of 97% white or 95% white. And you, when you look at it as a whole, it looks white. Or certain parts might not be fully white. So it's always best to check when you edit, say in Lightroom, put your clipping on and see which parts are completely white and which parts aren't. It's likely, unless you go two stops over, that you won't get completely white. If you don't get completely white, it's not a problem. You can edit it in Lightroom by adjusting the highlights. You can use a brush or gradient filter and you can just increase the exposure until you get clipping. And you can do it locally or globally. You might be raising some things on your model if you do it globally, but you can fix it in editing. But let's just talk about getting it right in camera. So if you were doing event photography and you were printing there and then, you'd want to get it right and you want to get it right in the JPEG. So it's best to go two stops over. It saves time in editing. So now we've got it all set up. Our background is two stops overexposed. Our person will be correctly exposed. And now we start taking the photographs. One thing you will notice is you will get some light bleeding in around the model. And that means you're going to lose some detail in things like the hair. So if we drop the background light down, we'd see more detail on the side of the hair around the ear. It doesn't matter if that detail is lost. It matters if too much detail is lost. If too much detail is being lost, maybe move your model a little bit further away from the background. You don't want that light to wrap around them. What you will notice as well is you get quite, even though you're using a soft box, you're getting quite a soft light, you'll get quite a lot of soft light as well because once it comes off the background it'll be bouncing around the room and hitting the model so it'll be white if you wanted to soften it more you could put a reflector next to the model underneath the model if you wanted to add a bit more contrast to the face you could put black flags or just a bit of black cloth or black material either side of the model and that will give a bit more contrast now the thing with shooting high key is it looks really professional because it's very difficult for the average person to do but you can do it with minimal equipment really you need two or three flashes but you can do it we've looked at headshots and portraits now let's look at doing full body if you can get your model to stand on a piece of white background white paper something white or something shiny maybe some tiles and you can get the background behind them you will need to illuminate the floor as well so you need a fourth light and then even if they're just just not touching the edge of the of the paper shoot it in portrait orientation when you put it in photoshop you can put it in uh, a canvas that is landscape orientation and you can just paint in the white and that way it will look like you've taken their picture in a big studio you need to make sure that they have some shadow so when you fire your light at the floor you don't want to overpower it because if it looks like they don't have a shadow, it looks like they're just floating and you've just cut them out and stuck them against white, which doesn't look very good. So they need to have some shadow. Also, they might, if they're wearing shoes, they might leave sort of marks and you need to tidy those up or sort of footprints. You need to tidy those up in Photoshop. It's very easy to do. Just paint over them with white again, as long as you don't mess up the shadow. So it's really easy to get a really easy, clean, professional image just doing high key. You can get products that do this. I talked about just putting a soft box as the background or you could use a big umbrella, a parabolic umbrella. But you can get specialist products that do this. You put the lights behind or inside and the lights shoot through. And one is Elastolite Highlight, um, spelled H-I 
hyphen L-I-T-E. I had one of those for a while and they're great. You could also buy a floor trail which goes along the floor and you can attach it with Velcro. And that's a shiny white surface as well. So you can take pictures on the highlight. You can do a bit of editing in Photoshop. And it looks like you've taken your portrait, your full body portrait in a full professional studio with an infinite white curve. You had to do some work to sort of get the bit where the join of the trail and the highlight met. You had to sort of Photoshop that bit out, but it was minimal editing and the, and the results looked really good. Other things you could do, you could get a shower curtain, put lights behind the shower curtain, fire them through the shower curtain, thus giving you the white background. And again, it doesn't matter if you've got creases or sort of imperfections because the light will drown those out if it's two stops over. If it's not two stops over, you will get those imperfections showing through. So I hope you found this podcast about doing high key infinite white portraits useful. I do do a lot of strobe work and, and strobe work and portraits are my passion. So I'm really glad to have done this episode. And I would really appreciate it if you could leave a review for the show on iTunes. That would greatly help me out. Thank you. Goodbye.